Good morning and happy Thursday. It is Thursday, June 15th, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Bible Wrap-Up, where I read my notes from this wonderful notebook. These are notes that I take when I do the daily reading. They are things that help me summarize it, help me understand it, and sometimes I have ideas applying it to how we can apply the history and the knowledge and the wisdom and the message in the Bible to our lives today. I've been doing this writing since about the beginning of COVID, a little bit past it. And then last year, I thought it would be a wonderful thing to maybe share some of these notes with you instead of me just writing them in a book and then it collects dust. So as you can see here, I am on my fourth book doing this for a little while. I tend... I tend to write more, though, as time goes on. So um, I started this book. Let's see. It is June 15th. I started this book April 16th. So this is two months worth, and I'm almost I'm, I'm three quarters of the way through. Plus, as I mentioned before, sometimes if I forget my book, I have to do like little yellow pages if I'm inspired. Like, say, if I'm at work and I'm inspired to like read and just in the moment at lunchtime or something, but I don't have my magical notebook with me. So that's no excuse to not read the Bible and it's no excuse to not put down the notes. I just find another way to do it and then I put them in here. Although it does mess a little bit with my OCD. So anyway, happy Thursday morning. We'll get started. We are in Psalm 74 verses one through nine. Now, the beginning and the end of today's reading from the Psalm seemed to me to sum up my feelings for my country today. Oh God, why have you rejected us for so long? Why is your anger so intense against the sheep of your own pasture? We no longer see your miraculous signs. All the prophets are gone and no one can tell us when it will end. We're going through a little bit of a difficult time in this in the country right now in the United States. And that's okay. We've gone through difficult times before and we will prevail. I'm I'm fully confident of that. But part of that is we have to pray for those believers within the country, we have to pray. That's our charge. That's our mission. But countries have fallen. So I'm sure the Romans thought that their empire would be around forever as well. One day, most likely, the United States will no longer exist in the form that it is now. But the faith will go on forever until Revelation. But we're not in Revelation yet. That's going to come at the end of the year. So right now in the New Testament, we are in Acts 9, verse 32. Meanwhile, Peter is traveling as well. Remember, Philip was traveling. Now Peter's traveling. He's at Lydia, where he meets a man paralyzed for eight years named Aeneas and heals him in Jesus' name. Then he resurrects Tabitha from the dead in Joppa, which then leads us to Acts 10, 
where we switch locations to Caesarea, where we see Cornelius there. Cornelius is a Roman soldier, is instructed by an angel of the Lord to summon Peter. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers read near Joppa, Peter's lying on the roof of a house. And typically the roofs back then, they weren't the pitched roofs that we hear in the West, Western civilization, if you will, used to. They were flat. They're not pitched. He's laying up there. He's just kind of relaxing. He's tired. He's hungry, actually, too. And he sees a vision. He, the vision is, some quote, something like a large sheet that was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of wild, unclean animals. And a voice told Peter to kill and eat them. Now, Peter's like, he's a very good practicing Jew. He's just like, I am, I follow the law of Moses. I am not going to eat unclean animals. Now, Peter is admonished by the voice to not call something unclean that God has made clean. And so I wonder about this verse being in here. Again, I don't I don't try to go out and research things that I read here at least not not this time through. If something really catches my interest, I might look it up a little bit later, but the initial writing down the notes I don't and and my thought was that maybe this is referring to that the faith, the word, the message of the gospel is also meant for the Gentiles. Because that's where the story is heading right now. And after the vision ended, Cornelius' messengers arrived and Peter went with them. So we'll pick up that story tomorrow. Now, Old Testament, 2 Samuel 23, because Samuel seems to go on forever. 2 Samuel 23, verse 8, a list of the names of David's mightiest warriors by rank, beginning with the top three. So it's more of a historical summary, I think. You can read through it yourself. They talk about battles. They talk about names. Apparently that the leaders are divided into the top three and then, quote, the 30 but at the end of this passage, they say that there was 37 in all. Now, I might have missed something, but I was trying to reconcile it. My first thought was that, no, there should be 33. But then it says also in verse 13 that the three were part of the 33. So, or the 30, rather. So, not sure where 37 comes from. That's another one of those things where maybe I'll try to research it a little bit more later, but I didn't want to get out of the moment of reading the word. We continue in 2 Samuel 24. And, you know, David's last words were recorded in the previous chapter, but now we actually have the story of David taking a census. So you almost expect his last words were then, so then we're next going to find out that he died, but not quite yet. So David decides he wants to take a census, but that angered the Lord. And I'm thinking maybe that by doing so, David is saying that he's showing his lack of complete faith in trusting in the Lord. I'm not sure, but but the idea being here, just hear me out for a second, that David should be trusting in the Lord for everything provided and that no matter what the size of the army is, if the Lord says, go and take that land with what you have, you will 
take that land if you have faith. But David wants to maybe feel a little bit more secure by understanding the numbers. So he does the census. Um, and, and, and Joab, I should say too, Joab didn't think it was a good idea either, but he obeyed David because David's is his superior. It took nine months and 20 days. And then when it was done, they have the numbers in there. I'm not going to repeat them here, but when it was done, David realized his sin of taking the census after all of that. And the prophet Gad said David had two choices for sacrifice to redeem himself. Three years of famine, three months of fleeing from enemies, or three days of severe plague. He chose the latter, and 70,000 died throughout the nation. Gad instructs David to build an altar to stop the plague, insisting on paying, and, and David insists on paying for the threshing floor where Gad said that he is to build the altar. He didn't want the owner of the threshing floor property to give it to him. He wanted to pay for it. And he built the offer there, altar there. He sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And when he did that, the plague ended. Not sure exactly about the story there, but that's the way it is, the way it was. That's the reading for today. I hope you have a wonderful day. We'll catch up again tomorrow. And I hope that you have a blessed day. Take care.